Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Hebrews Bible study this morning. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. So glad to be here with you. Hope you'd grab your Bibles today. Follow along with us. We're in the book of Hebrews chapter 3. This is uh, the great letter uh, and where we see how great Christ is, how he reigns supreme over angels. Over today we'll be looking at specifically Moses. And I'm just glad to be able to share the truth of God's word, that which shows his righteousness unto his people. The Bible says in Proverbs 12 and 17, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. A false witness will show you a way, but it's deceitful. It only appears right. It, it only looks right. It only feels right. But truth is the only avenue that God reveals His righteousness. And Romans 1, 16 and 17 tell us that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel to those who go from faith to faith because they have learned how to live by faith. That's the just, those who've been justified by the blood and keep their faith in God's Word in the context of the blood the truth and the gospel are one and the same thing. Hallelujah. I'm glad to know what that and some other things today as a Christian so that I can live for God in victory. I didn't say I'm perfect. No one is. But we can learn to live for God in the victory of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And uh, we're here in this Bible study every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. And in the morning... I will be broadcasting the Second Timothy uh, teaching. I missed a couple of Fridays due to uh, travel and other things, and and so uh, uh, in the morning. But it will be at 8 a.m. in the morning and not nine uh, because I have a business to tend to tomorrow. Very very busy, and we just thank the Lord for everything He's doing in our lives uh, um, tonight uh, at 6 p.m. There will be, uh, uh, Mahari Warfield has a program, Cross Country, and we will be discussing uh, is how the message of the cross is different from just your typical Christian teaching. And it will be at 6 p.m. Uh, here at Central Time. So uh, you can find Mahari Warfield's page on Facebook and I'll be on that program tonight with a couple of other guests uh, uh, along there with him. So I encourage you to, to look for that broadcast. It's a very important topic. How does the message of the cross, how is it different from everything else all the other Christians are hearing? You're going to want to hear that. And if you want to hear it, just tune in to Crossway Church anytime. And, and that's always the topic, the message of the cross, because that's the context God's Word is actually written in. Hallelujah. Righteousness. Today, Hebrews chapter 3, uh, part 2, on this 18th day of March 2021, I pray that our Father in heaven, through the power of His Son Jesus Christ today, would impart the truth into our hearts. And not only that, but that He would touch every one of our bodies, every one of our minds, every situation in our life. Whatever it is that you've been crying out to God for, I pray that today be the day you find Him working that into 
your life. I don't care if it's the miracle of healing. Our God, working a miracle and raising up a lame man is the same as, as God healing someone from a common cold. I mean, it, nothing is hard. Nothing is too hard. Nothing is hard at all for our God. So as the gospel comes forth today and we study God's word, just have a great expectation that God is going to reach into your life and rearrange some things and uh, shine more light into your own heart and to touch even your physical body and all those who are hurting out there physically, mentally, emotionally, however it is, today is the day of our salvation. So prepare yourself, brace yourself for a move of God on this very day. Hallelujah. We don't need to be in a worship service. We don't need to be here or that or doing this. We just need to be living in an expectation that the things we've asked God for, He's going to carry out without any additions to that sentence. Just Ask the Lord, believe the Lord, and I've asked Him to touch you. And I believe to see that He will touch you today. Hallelujah. Well, let's start again in verse 1, Hebrews chapter 3. Wherefore, holy brothers, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Our profession, not someone else's teaching. The writer of Hebrews, our profession. Christ Jesus is our profession. He is our confession. Hallelujah. What he did at Calvary. Verse 2, Who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Here, the writer, the Holy Spirit, begins to uh, thrust his uh, attention toward now us realizing, us understanding that Christ is not only, as he's explained so well, greater than all angelic movement, angelic powers, angels to any degree. But he's also greater, far more superior than Moses, who was a man mightily used of God if if we really look at it, probably the man in the old covenant that was used of God in a way unlike any other. Moses, the story of Moses. Just go back and read the story of Moses and don't just read through it fast. Look at how many things God did to Moses, in Moses, through Moses, and for Moses, and even for the nation through him. What a powerful story that is. He was a powerful man used of God beyond that which we could even fathom until we see Christ. And then now we can understand how God could use Moses the way he did, but we also understand that he couldn't hold a candle to Christ. Compared to Christ, it doesn't matter how great God uses anyone. It doesn't matter to the degree... It doesn't matter how many people have been saved, delivered, healed, because Jesus is behind all of that. Jesus is the one responsible for all of that, even though we may be being used of God. And here the Bible says that Christ was faithful to his heavenly Father that had appointed him just as Moses was faithful in all his house. Moses was the one that declared to the people of Israel that one day there would come one 
that would be like him who would be the Savior. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, the Lord thy God will raise up unto you a prophet from the midst of you. That means among you, Israel, of your brothers like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken. And we think about that great declaration. Moses said that God would raise up one among Israel among the brothers, the men of Israel, to be like him. Moses was what? A great deliverer. That's really the high point of Moses' life and ministry is that he was sent to represent a whole lot of things. But the overall statement of Moses, God sent him to deliver his people. Think about that. God sent his son to save the world. Think about that. Jesus was faithful to his heavenly father that appointed him, appointed him to come and to save, to give his life as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. I want you to grasp that now. Jesus said in John 10, 18, No man take my life. Now, the men actually thought they were taking the life of Jesus. And they actually were responsible physically for carrying out the action. But Jesus said, no man takes my life. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to raise it up again because I have this commandment of the Father. See, what God was looking for was an obedient man. Not obedient occasionally. God expects, requires, demands, commands, obedience without flaw. Well, there you have the impossibility among all humanity until Christ shows up. Born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, to live a life without sin, to be spotless and without sin, and to become our sin-bearing offering, perfect, sin-bearing offering. A man perfect in obedience, without flaw, without sin. Perfect in a way that we can't fathom as humans today. I believe one day we'll have the mind fully in operation that we've been given now, the mind of Christ, but we'll understand what it means to be without sin, the presence of sin, the power of sin, the horrors of sin completely. The prophet Jeremiah, I believe, is the one who said that there's coming a day when there will be a time when the former things will not be remembered, nor will they even come into our minds. What a powerful statement. But this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, he was faithful to his heavenly Father to come with that commandment. And it was the holy commandment, the, the way of righteousness. Peter wrote it in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, that it's better that you never knew the way of righteousness. Now, I want you to watch this and grasp a hold of this today. It's better that you never knew the way of righteousness. That's the way of the cross, the only way of righteousness to become righteous or 30 years after you've been born again, to be bearing the fruits of righteousness is to maintain your faith in the cross without mixture, which is quite a challenge. 
But Peter wrote that it's better that you never knew the way of righteousness than to have known it and turned away from the holy commandment. The holy commandment in God's view is equated with the way of righteousness. That's the holy commandment. That's the commandment from God to be holy. He sent His Son with a commandment, the holy commandment, to carry out, to become the way of righteousness for all who will believe upon Him. He carried out the commandment. That's why the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 6 says that when we believed, no, he didn't. He said when we obeyed that form of doctrine, we were then made free from sin and became the servants of righteousness, which is that very work Jesus carried out at Calvary. Do you understand that today? That the way of righteousness is a holy commandment. The gospel is not just an offer from the Lord, although it is the greatest offer any human will ever experience. But it is a command. And Jesus had to come and be faithful to His heavenly Father who had appointed Him to come as the Lamb to take away the sins of the world so that He might become the high priest beginning to be mentioned here in the book of Hebrews and, 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 and forever and ever and that He might have a holy people. You know, the Bible says that God tells His people, be holy because I'm holy. God expects us to be like Him. He created us in His image. We lost that. It was marred, to say the least, when we disobeyed Him. We walked away from His command and fell under the command of the evil one. Think about that. Jesus was faithful to Him that appointed Him as Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Moses was praised among men. And look, can I say it today without someone taking it the wrong way? You know, we praise people and it's okay to praise people as long as you don't worship people. You know, you praise uh, your kids when they do good and you chasten them when they don't. You, you could praise uh, this team or you could praise your employers in a certain way. But there's a certain type of praise and way of praise that belongs only to God. But Moses here, the Bible says, or rather Jesus was counted worthy of more glory than that of Moses. And, and the word glory does mean praise and, 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 and to some degree worship and, and just honor. Let's just say Jesus was counted more worthy of attention, of adoration, of honor and worship and praise and glory, all, everything than Moses in so much as he who has builded the house has more honor than the house itself. Think about that. He who built the house, listen, let's read verse 4, it'll help us understand. Because every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. Everything is always traced back to God. 
I don't care if it's this piece of rubber on this iPad. This rubber came from something that came from something that came from something that came from God because at one time there was only God and nothing else. Nothing. We need to think about those things more often, I believe. I was thinking the other day about that I believe God has shown me the reason he, one of the reasons, sure there's many, that he revealed himself to us as creator is so that we would know there aren't many gods. There are not many gods. He revealed himself to us as creator. You understand? That means before him there was nothing created because he has created all things. And he's done it by his word who is the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to think about that. John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. He's revealed himself to us as creator so that we'll know there are no other gods. And he tells us that all throughout his the word that there are no other gods. He is God alone. I want you to think about that. And whatever men build and they're praised for building, they're praised for their good deeds, okay, I get it. Pastors are even praised. What a wonderful message that was. What a wonderful teaching that was today. That so dearly blessed me. And that is, that is praising a preacher. And it's okay to praise someone who sang a beautiful song and, and praise a, a pastor to a certain degree to honor them with words of praise. But from the heart, our, our praise goes to God from a place that we don't, we don't worship anybody but God. That means he's exalted. He's preeminent above all things. And when we praise someone for a wonderful song or a wonderful message, we understand that God is behind it and worthy of worship. If I can tell you it was a wonderful message you preached, Pastor, but I can't worship God, something's wrong. Because Behind me praising some man should be worship to God for whatever that man is worthy of being thanked for or to a certain degree praised for, whatever it is. God is behind it. For every house is built by some man, but he that builds all things is God. God's behind all the building. God's behind everything. God's in control of everything. And as I said in last night's message, we as God's people really need to learn that portion of Scripture where Jesus stands before Pilate and Pilate says, don't you know I'm the one that has the power to have you crucified or I'm the one that can let you go free? And Jesus looks at him and says, no, the only power and authority you have, my friend, is what my Father in heaven gives you. Oh, we desperately need to learn that today. We so many times take things into our own hands trying to prove that we have authority over the world. Sometimes, many times, God allows it to look like the world has more power than His people. Many times, you look at the story of Calvary, the cross of Christ. It had that appearance. It had the appearance like Israel was putting one who'd been stricken of God and they were doing God a favor by crucifying Christ. But in God's eyes, that was 
totally the opposite from what was happening. And many times God allows His people to go through things and, and allows the world to have a feeling like they're triumphing, like they're looking, feeling like they're victorious and, and like they're really something and God's people are really nothing. But that's never the way God sees it. And we need to learn to look through the lens of the Word of God. There we begin to see how God sees it. And God sees that though men can build and men can be praised and men can even be used by God in a great measure. But if that doesn't lead and ricochet right over into our worship of God, then we're on dangerous ground. I've watched men before sit through an hour long praise and worship ceremony. People praising God, worshiping God for an hour. And I've watched men sit there like lumps on the log, won't enter into praise and worship, won't join the people in praise and worship. And then when the preacher is introduced, they stand to their feet and clap their hands. There's an issue with that, my friend. There's an issue with that. If we can only praise men that we can see, but we can't worship God, the one we can't see. There's a serious problem with that. I've watched it throughout the years. If our praise for men, for anything, even things that, that, that God is using them for, which really should be while we're offering praise to any man for anything, it should also result in worship to God. When I thank a preacher and really give him any praise for ministering a, a certain message that really blessed me, I should leave that place in a, in a place of worship to my God because God was behind it. Hallelujah. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. Think about that. Everything Moses did was for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. Christ came along and tells us that, that the Scriptures are about Him. You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have life, but they are they which testified me, for I am the way, the truth, and the life of God. Think about that. Everything in Moses' life was a type pointing to Christ, a, a, a shadow pointing to Christ. I've told it throughout the years, but I'll tell it again this morning. I get excited when I think about it. Let's say the cross is here, and this is all the old covenant. And from here, from the cross, this is the new covenant. From the cross backwards was all type and shadow because... From heaven, the light of God has always shined on the cross. Always. Christ and Him crucified. That's what the Word is about. The light of heaven shines on Christ who is our light and what He did at Calvary to become our light. And everything behind the cross is a shadow of Christ and His redeeming work. It's shadowed by the cross. But now at the cross, the new covenant is the revealing 
the light that shines on all that used to be type in shadow and as the old covenant saints walked with God only in that which would portray that which one that one that would come you and I first John 1 and 7 says we walk with the one who walks in the light the one who is the light hallelujah whoo that's good news glory to god don't throw out the old covenant that was type and shadow because today it has become the light for our path hallelujah that glorious path of righteousness and moses truly was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken afterwards but Christ, as a son over his own house, watch very carefully now, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm unto the end. If we hold fast this confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm unto the end, we will, in the end, be Christ's house. We will be His house. The house He dwells in. Hallelujah. We've been given a great hope. We've been given a great confidence. No one can steal that from us, but we can give it away. We can remove ourselves from Him. We can fall from grace. That doesn't mean you're lost, but it does mean you're going the wrong way. The Bible is very clear. book of Revelation tells us our names can be blotted out. The church, the letters to the church by the way. Romans 11 says that we can be cut off just as Israel if we begin to boast in ourselves and forget it's the goodness of God that has saved us and that we're saved by faith. And there are many other scriptures such as in Hebrews chapter 5, the Lord gives His church a wake-up call. In Hebrews chapter 6, part of chapter 6 is what happens to those who don't receive. They reject the wake-up call. So there's all way, uh, comments, a bunch of scripture in the New Covenant about folk who are not going to make it to the end. And I'm always reminded of Israel when Moses comes down the mountain and declares who's on the Lord's side. You can read this in Exodus 32. One tribe of 12 tribes came out from among the golden calf builders. So don't be so shocked among those that are the church. And they truly have been saved, many of them. But don't be shocked when the message of the cross comes on the scene beginning some 24 years ago, not for the initial salvation, but to call the church back to repentance, to call the church back to the holy commandment, the way of righteousness. That wake-up call, that knock on the door in Revelation so that we can begin to sup with the one who saved us again. We don't want to end up being cut off. We don't want to end up being plucked out as a branch that's not bearing fruit because we've moved away. We've removed ourselves from the vine. We, we don't want to fall in that category. And my friends, those are verses that cause our hearts to tremble. Don't, don't, don't go get along, uh, find yourself mixed up in a group of people who've changed Scripture to remove that which causes our hearts to tremble. God intends on our hearts trembling. And we need to think about those things. Christ as a son over his own house, 
whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm until the end. And we'll have to end there today. We're out of time. I pray this session today has been used of the Lord to open our eyes, to remove some of the hazy and the cloudy places that try to surround our heart, blocking our gain of Christ. And as I said last night in the message, any degree of gain, and we're called to gain, be gaining Christ, gaining Christ, any degree of gain will require loss. There is no gain with that loss. The question is, what are you willing to lose to gain Christ, to gain that knowledge that excels you further into the perfect will of God for your life? What is it that you're willing to lose or not willing to lose to be able to gain more of Christ? He offers Himself to us each and every day. He offered Himself to us at Calvary so that He he could offer Himself to us each and every day and we could partake of Him. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. God is drawing His people back to His side, the place He was pierced. The soldiers of the cross, those that carry this banner of victory, a blood-stained banner, those that are not ashamed of the gospel, those who find their boldness through the blood, help us share these sessions. Help us share and publish the Word of God. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of those that preach it. Just because they're not in your group or in your club, whatever you call it, that's what I call a lot of the names in the church today, a bunch of clubs, Don't be ashamed to be a part of where you're hearing and learning the truth of God's Word. Sow into good ground. Crossway Church has never hurt for one penny. Crossway Church has had the provision laid before us by the Lord ever since we took one foot in the direction of this great truth of Calvary. He's become our provision, has provided so much. I'm humbled by what I've seen the Lord do in me and through me and this ministry God has given us here. And I believe every person that He's been able to bring back to this great place called faith and grace, the way of the cross, His holy commandment, He's beginning to pour out upon us. Not words we speak, it's evident. He's pouring out upon us. So I encourage you, humble yourself. Hear the word of the Lord and allow Him to teach you Christ. Be willing to lose whatever it might be that's preventing your gain of Christ. And also pray for those who are preaching the glorious gospel, the message of the cross. And give. Give financially into that good ground. You can do that if if the Lord stirs your heart to give to Crossway Church at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can give by texting the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. The Lord is moving mightily in these last days, not in ways that the church portrays it. He's moving mightily among those He's able to bring back to Calvary. And I pray that you would be one of those and that you would help us share 
these messages that helps call God people back to the place He works, which is in truth. Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you in the morning at 8 o'clock, not 9, as our uh, Bible study continues in 2 Timothy. God bless you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.